Hi, I'm Linda Calabresi. I'm a GP and the medical editor of HealthEd. Welcome to our unique podcast series now available direct to your device. The series features some of Australia's leading clinical experts talking on topics that are both practical and important to Australian GPs. Hello and welcome to this session where we're going to focus on treatment and management of perinatal mental health conditions. My name is Dr Nicole Hyatt from COPE, the Centre of Perinatal Excellence. In this uh, presentation, we're going to really be focusing on referral and treatment. Some of the key challenges for GPs in, in the area of um, management is understanding what the role of pharmacotherapy versus psychological treatments are for the management and treatment of perinatal depression and anxiety. GPs are often asking what medications, if any, are safe and effective to use in pregnancy and when breastfeeding. We also need to understand which medications should be avoided. This is not only in the treatment of and management of anxiety or depression, but if your patients may be um, on medications for other serious mental illnesses. And this is also going to be covered in this session. Let's get started then with looking at treatment and management of perinatal depression and anxiety. Here it's very important, as we've discussed, to provide structured psychoeducation to women about symptoms of depression and anxiety. It's also important that we advise women in uh, the perinatal period of the potential benefits of self-help. And these are clear recommendations from the clinical guidelines. By getting your patients to download the Ready to Cope app or access the Ready to Cope guide, you can be sure that they're receiving this psychoeducation and information about signs and symptoms throughout the pregnancy and the postnatal period. When it comes to treatments, there is a difference around mild to moderate and moderate to severe. So let's break this down into two sections, starting with mild to moderate depression and anxiety. Here, if a woman is presenting with mild to moderate uh, depression and anxiety, which would be generally a lower score on the Edinburgh scale or other clinical diagnostic scale, we would then indicate that a structured psychological intervention like cognitive behaviour therapy or interpersonal therapy would be recommended as the first line of treatment for depression or anxiety in the perinatal period. You can also advise for those with mild to moderate conditions that there are benefits of directive counselling and accessing a support group might also be useful, particularly when we consider this can be a very isolating stage of life. It's also for those women who might indicate post-traumatic stress disorder after a tra traumatic birth in the postnatal period that we look at the benefits of post-traumatic birth counselling if they're experiencing depressive symptoms. One of the questions often women themselves want to know about, as well as GPs, might be what about complementary therapies? Often there can be hesitation or reluctance about pharmacotherapy, so often there's a drive or interest in complementary therapies. So what do we actually know about these? Well, this was an area of the guidelines where we looked at different types of therapies and the evidence isn't that great in terms of being effective or actually that we can be certain about how use, um, whether there is any harm to the, the fetus. So for example, omega-3 fatty acid supplementation, there is really no evidence that this is effective. Whilst it might not be harmful, it doesn't seem to have any efficacy. When it comes to St John's Ward or Ginkgo balboa, both of those things, we're uncertain about the impacts that these, conditions, these medications or supplements can have on the fetus. So we generally don't recommend these as complementary therapies. Let's move on now to what the evidence-based treatments are when it comes to moderate to severe anxiety and depression. 
In pregnancy, it's important to consider the use of selective serotonin uptake inhibitors or SSRIs as a first line treatment for moderate to severe anxiety or de depression in pregnant women. So these treatments are safe to use and often there is a hesitation. So having that understanding that they can be safely used in pregnancy is important. However, before choosing a particular SSRI, it's important to consider the person's response to past use of SSRIs and also their obstetric history. Are there other risk factors um, for miscarriage or preterm birth there? And any other factors that might increase the risk of adverse effects. So it's important to consider this before prescribing an SSRI in pregnancy. Looking at the postnatal period, again, SSRIs can be used as a first-line treatment for moderate to severe anxiety or depression. Before prescribing an SSRI to women who are breastfeeding, it's important here to consider the infant's health and gestational age at birth. When it comes to anxiety specifically, uh, the use of short-term acting benzodiazepines can be used for treating moderate to severe anxiety symptoms, particularly whilst waiting the onset or the, uh, of the SSRI or tricyclic antidepressants in pregnant women or new mothers. Use cautiously, however, and repeated prescription of long-acting benzodiazepines at or around the time of birth. Also, it's important to be cautious about prescribing non-benzodiazepine hypnotics or Z drugs in pregnant women for insomnia. Rather, doxylamine as a category A drug could be considered in pregnancy as a first-line hypnotic treatment in pregnant women who are experiencing moderate to severe insomnia. It's also important that we advise women with moderate to severe anxiety um, and depressive disorders that psychological interventions can be a useful adjunct Often we might uh, prescribe the antidepressants first and give that time to work and then ideally uh, commencing psychological treatment can give women important strategies to help them manage the symptoms um, in this vulnerable life stage. Let's now look at some guiding principles around pharmacotherapies. The guidelines recommend that we always describe, discuss with the woman the risks and benefits around pharmacological treatments. And this must be looked at as a case-by-case -case basis and if possible, discuss with her significant other. Remember, there's always good information on the COPE website for women to get more information about the safe use of these medications for them to take away and review also. Ensure that you discuss with the woman, the, the, be aware of the risks of relapse associated with stopping medication and that if a medication is to be stopped, this should be done gradually. We see too often that women come off their medication as soon as finding out that they're pregnant or in fear of the impacts and then stopping their medication suddenly. This should be done slowly and in consultation with the GP or health professional. It's important that we also manage suicide risk. If this is indicated on the EPDS, it's important that we arrange supports in place to assess and manage risk and look at whether urgent support is needed and looking at treatment options. Again, these can often be found on the ECOPE directory or through linking with psychosocial or psychological mental health teams in the area. If there is any mother-infant interaction difficulties that, that, that you identify in the woman with bonding and attachment with her infant, again consider mother-infant therapies here and again these can be found on the ECOPE directory. Let's look at now at managing severe mental illness in the perinatal period. So conditions outside of anxiety and depression but the more severe mental illnesses. 
Healing, it's ideally that we look at psychoactive medications during pregnancy, should involve close liaison with the treating psychiatrist or where appropriate, the GP and her maternity care providers. In the more complex cases, it's advisable to seek a second opinion from a perinatal psychiatrist. When exposure to psychoactive, psychoactive medications has occurred in the first trimester, especially with anticonvulsant exposures, it's important to pay particular attention at the 18 to 20 week ultrasound due to the increased risk of major malformations. It's important to plan for pharmacological review in the early postpartum period also, particularly for women who cease psychotropic medications during pregnancy. Also, a range observation of infants exposed to psychoactive medications in pregnancy for the first three days postpartum to make sure there has been no ill effects. Let's take a look now specifically at antipsychotic medications. Here we consider the use of antipsychotics for treating psychotic symptoms in pregnant women and use cautiously when prescribing antipsychotics to pregnant women, particularly for those with a propensity for weight gain or metabolic syndrome. If women commence or continue antipsychotic treatment during pregnancy, it's important to monitor them for excessive weight gain and the development of gestational diabetes and refer them for advice on weight management as required. It's important that you do not initiate the use of clozapine in pregnant women. And clozapine should be used cautiously with women who are breastfeeding, and if doing so, monitor the infant's white blood cell count weekly for the first six weeks of life. Let's take a look now at anticonvulsant medications. Given their tetrodicine, only consider prescribing anticonvulsants, especially Vulparate, to women of childbearing age if effective contraception is in place. Once a decision has been made, if the woman is going to um, consider conceiving, then wean her off the Vulparate over a two to four week period, while adding in a high dose of folic acid, which should be continued for the first trimester. Do not prescribe sodium Vulparate to women of childbearing age. Use great, with great caution in prescribing anticonvulsants as mood stabilizers for pregnant women and seek advice from a specialist psychiatrist when doing so. If anticonvulsants are prescribed to a woman who's breastfeeding, arrange close monitoring of the infant and specialist neonatologist consultation where possible. If lithium is prescribed to pregnant women, Ensure that the maternal blood levels are closely monitored and that make sure there is a specialist psychiatrist consultation. If lithium is prescribed to pregnant women, reduce the dose just prior to the onset of labour and aim to recommence treatment immediately after the birth at pre the pre-pregnancy dose. Where possible, avoid the use of lithium in women who are breastfeeding. Let's take a brief look now at ECT or electroconvulsant therapy and its use in the anti and postnatal periods. In pregnant women, ECT should only be undertaken in conjunction with close fetal monitoring and here use a specialist maternal fetal medicine support. Also in the postnatal period, consider ECT with severe depression which has not responded to the trials of antidepressant um, medication after she has been prescribed an adequate dose and duration. So that brings us to the really the nuts and bolts around prescribing medications and the safe and effective use of medications in pregnancy and postnatal women. 
Let's now turn to the issue around referral and where we might refer women who might need this specialist care. Here we have the eCOPE directory, which is a really a one-stop shop of information where people can get access to specialist services which might support women as an adjunct to therapy or it, as a referral source, particularly for those requiring psychological treatments or specialist medical treatments. On the eCOPE directory, you'll find the list of different types of professionals, individual practitioners, perinatal mental health specific support services, but also then community support services which can aim to hold and support the woman during her treatment process. To find services on the eCOPE directory, simply go to the Find Help button and then you can con commence your search by entering the postcode of the woman, the stage she is at and the presenting issue. So let's say we're looking for treatment and support for someone with anxiety and depression in the antenatal period. Here, the directory will give you a list of services and the different colour pins indicates the type of services that you can find. You can also refine your service to include uh, specialists with interpreter services who might bulk bill or who have other specialist requirements for your patients. You can go and find services on the health professional section of the COPE website where you can find the service but also if you have expertise yourself you can register yourself as a, having perinatal expertise. You can also find information about perinatal anxiety and depression both for you as a health professional and your patients in the health professional section and there's a dedicated section there for GPs specifically. So we'd encourage you to also register to our health professional register and this will enable us to send you a copy of the existing guidelines and as soon as the 2023 guidelines are reviewed we'll also be able to send you a free copy, electronic copy of those guidelines also. So you can sign up at cope.org.au forward slash HP sign up to sign up to our health professionals register. Let's look at the take home messages. Number one, it's really important that your patients have information around anxiety and depression to help them identify symptoms that they might be experiencing and understand the, the increased vulnerability of this life stage. Also for those with a pre-existing mental health history, it's important that they understand that this is a time of, uh, of relapse and how to identify those symptoms early. They're able to get the support and information to do this by downloading the Ready to Cope Guide or the Ready to Cope app, which is a free information source funded by the Commonwealth Government to all expectant and new parents. Ready to Cope is available in multiple languages and has been adapted for mothers, fathers and the non-birthing parents. Second, it's important that we consider psychological treatment for mild to moderate anxiety and depression as a first-line treatment. We can then consider SSRIs for moderate to severe anxiety and depression. And again, this is done on a case-by-case -case basis and considering the woman's pre-existing and pre-experience with other medications in the past. Benzodiazepines should only be used for short-term use, usually when waiting for the onset of the antidepressant if the woman has very high levels and debilitating levels of anxiety. Non-benzodiazepines should be used very cautiously in pregnancy. More information about the treatment of anxiety can be, is available for patients as well as health professionals on the COPE website. And there are specific um, fact sheets on anxiety and depression which can also be downloaded and accessed at any time. 
There is also a specific health professional series covering not only anxiety and depression, but also the range of severe mental illnesses. And this includes specific information about the safe use of medications for each of these conditions. Let's look at the take home messages now for severe mental illnesses. First, use antipsychotic medications in, with caution in pregnancy. Do not in initiate clozapine in pregnancy and monitor infant in breastfeeding women. Do not prescribe sodium vulparate in women of childbearing age, as we know this has imp uh, adverse impacts on the growth and development of the infant. Finally, use great caution when prescribing anticonvulsants and lithium, and avoid lithium in breastfeeding women. A summary of the guideline recommendations around screening, assessment, treatment and management is available at the front of the guidelines, so I'd really encourage you to access a copy of that. And you can use this as a quick cheat sheet or reference around medications. And also, again, we'd encourage you to sign up and access your own copy of the guidelines and these resources through our uh, Health Professional Register. That's all from me today. I hope you found this useful and please feel free to contact us if you'd like any informational resources at cope.org.au or email us at info@cope.org.au. Thanks for watching. Thank you for joining us. We hope you are enjoying this series and will recommend it to your friends and colleagues. I'm Linda Calabresi and on behalf of the team here at HealthEd, I look forward to joining you soon for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this audio segment, you can find out more about our free webcast lectures, which can be accessed from any device on our website at healthed.com.au. The podcasts published on this page are for medical professionals only. The content is not a substitute for medical advice. If you have a health issue, you should seek the advice of a suitable qualified health professional.